I'm Mark Holland. And I'm Omar Algabra. And this is In Camera. Uh, Cabby, uh, we had the opportunity to have you on earlier. I apologize that we had some audio issues, uh, which we dealt with through uh, subtitles. Uh, but we wanted to have you back. Um, uh, Cabby, uh, maybe you can introduce yourself, uh, give a little bit of background. You're an expert in the domain we're going to be talking about, which is, um, which is cybersecurity. And uh, obviously, you're instrumental in advising a lot of governments and, uh, and other agencies. Uh, maybe introduce yourself for us. Well, first of all, thank you for having me again. And yes, I've worked with the UK government and now through the Conference Board of Canada on a number of issues around cybersecurity. We work across the public and private sectors with big business, small to medium business, but government as well. And this is one of the challenging questions of our time. The issue of cybersecurity is one which is in many ways not natural to us when we start thinking about security. It's the virtual world versus security which, uh, in terms of what we're normally used to, walls, fences, etc. So it does provide some rather unique challenges in the environment that we currently work in. And cybersecurity is an issue, obviously, uh, we're very sieged with as a government. We're working towards bringing forward legislation and, uh, and a number of different responses. But uh, it's a big universe. And so uh, you've been talking a lot recently about the issue of ransomware, which has been a particular uh, issue. It's been, uh, we've seen a lot of different cases in the news that have made headlines. I mean, maybe we can, we can start by defining ransomware. What, when we talk about ransomware, what are we talking about? And you raise a very good point, Mark. I think one of the challenges we have is how people understand the different cyber attacks that they could be subject to. Ransomware in particular is fairly unique in certain senses. It's not about stealing your data and taking it out of your system. Ransomware, what it usually does is it goes after your machine or your computer or even a tablet, and it encrypts the data. So it normally doesn't take anything away, but what it does is it locks it up so you can't access it. And usually what happens with a ransom note is you get one, it says pay X amount to this address. If you do not, it will either leave it encrypted or it will try and scramble that information so you can never recover it again. So it's not so much about the loss of that information, i.e. it going out, but you no longer have access to it. And I don't know about you, Omar, but I've had people come into uh, the office who've experienced uh, ransomware attacks. A lot of times people aren't willing to talk about it, so it's hard to know just how many people are suffering from this out there. Do you have any sense, Cabby, of what, what those numbers might be, how prevalent this is? That's a really tough one. One of the, the biggest problems in cybersecurity we have today is there's a real unwillingness to share. So if you think about it from a big corporation perspective, why would we share? It's, it might be an embarrassment. We don't really want people to know we've been hacked. So a lot of people are unwilling to share. Sometimes there are other issues involved in terms of these attacks, so there's just that unwillingness. From a personal perspective, if you've been hit by ransomware, if you've been hit and you've paid, well, there's nothing really to report. But if you have been hit, who would you report it to? I think there isn't a huge awareness in terms of where you could go. So overall, we really believe there's a heavy under-reporting of these types of incidents, not just ransomware, but other cybersecurity incidents. So in truth, we don't quite know how prevalent it is, but when you see incidents like what happened at the University of Calgary, you know that it does hit major organizations. The question is, how many and what is it costing us? And is it something that we should all be concerned about? So talk to us about the difference between what happened at the University of Calgary uh, and what happened with Equifax. Like what's the, because I think there's a lot of confusion about what it, how, how those incidences might, might be different and what are the factors behind them. So with the University of Calgary, the main thing that happened was a ransomware attack. So this malware, this program, 
got into the system and it was encrypting hard drives, servers, it even encrypted some backups, which means you just could not get to the information. And what was done was that those who perpetrated the malware made a demand that a certain amount of money in bitcoins be paid. And if it was paid, they would provide the keys to unlock the malware. So as far as the university understood it, and as far as I've understood it from research, no data was lost. We flip over to Equifax instead. What's happened is the attack that was used actually managed to penetrate the system and actually remove data. So information, people's details, personal information was being lost from the system. So those are two different attacks. It means that the data, in Equifax's terms, the data has gone out. Others have access to it. In the University of Calgary's terms, the data is still there. They needed to be able to get to it and to use it. And what are the ways, if an individual is listening to this, they become concerned with the idea of ransomware. Uh, there's certainly been articles, uh, you know, with grandmothers being targeted and, and the photographs of their grandchildren are, uh, are, are locked out and being asked to pay in Bitcoin. And so people are asking, well, how can they pr protect themselves against this kind of attack? Uh, what are the things that people should be worried about uh, and, and how can they be preventing uh, this kind of attack happening to them? Well, it's interesting because in many of these cases, it's not that expensive to protect yourself. A lot of these attacks get through or become a problem because people don't uh, practice what we call proper hygiene. You need to make sure your systems, your computers, your devices, that they are updated, that you keep your programs, your software updated as well. And unfortunately, sometimes that can be costly because if software becomes out of date and it's no longer supported from a security perspective, you may need to upgrade it. But that's absolutely basic. You can do things like that. The other part of uh, being targeted by some of these attacks, of course, is they may come through an email. They may come through a link which you need to click on or to activate. And in many cases, you know, when you look at these links, you can actually tell the spelling's a bit off. When you look at the email address where it's come from, it doesn't quite look like the actual company that's trying to contact you. Now these attacks are getting more sophisticated. It can be more and more difficult to tell if it's legitimate or not. But in many cases you can stop a lot of these attacks by just taking care of the basics, making sure things are updated, making sure you have updated anti-malware or anti-spyware uh, built in or uh, installed in your system. And you can also make sure that when it looks too good to be true or it looks a little dubious, don't click on it. My rule of thumb, when you get, let's say, a, a request from a bank or a request from an organization, is rather than clicking on the link in the email, go back to your web browser, type in the web address manually, and then look through it to see, is this something the organization would do? Or even go to their website, give them a ring. Don't use the phone number that's on the email, though, but go to their website and give them a ring and say, this is something that you're doing. Should I actually click on this? And it would be fair to say that a bank wouldn't solicit uh, personal information by email anyway, which somebody should be um, should be uh, wary of. And I just want to go back to that point about updating because I hear a lot of people uh, being confused about whether or not they should update or they shouldn't. And uh, is it just to the benefit of the, uh, the, the provider of that operating system? Or are they just collecting information on me? Uh, but you're saying that is an important step, that people should update their systems. It is. And when I say update, it's, let's say you're talking about Microsoft Windows. You have the Windows Update System. It has what it calls security updates, which are necessary for the system. Those are the things I'm talking about. It's not so much about paying money for new versions unless they're totally outdated and there's no more security patches available for them. 
The reality we have in today's world is software is so sophisticated. The lines, it's not just about the lines of code, but it's how it interacts with other programs and other parts of the code. It would take hundreds of years for hundreds of programmers to be able to understand every single nuance of a single operating system. And so we're always going to get patches and updates for software. And it's really important, it's an absolute basic to keep up with that. Well, great. I think that's some really sound advice on how people can uh, protect themselves and give us a bit of a, a context on the issue of ransomware specifically. Uh, we're going to be uh, dealing with the issue as a government of cybersecurity more broadly. We look forward to maybe having a bit, another conversation with you at that time. But, Cabby, I want to thank you for coming in today. Thank you very much. Uh, that's in camera and uh, a special issue on cybersecurity.